This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, let's give our Jesus praise. Can we lift our voices? Come on, let's give Him praise like we believe it. You speaking to Him, give Him glory. Jesus! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're watching in the world. Family of God, I really, I, you know, it's been a while since we've been together in buildings. And as I said to everybody this morning, do not check my speaking uh, log that I keep and so I'm track where, what I've spoken, where I've spoken. The last time I spoke was here, November 2019, two years ago. And so thank God we're back. Amen. And we've been back in our building for a while as you have been in this building. But I really want to stir us up. Let's get outside of that TV watching mentality. You know, when we, when we sit there the, on TV, the pastor says, say this with me. Hmm, amen. No, we, if we say rejoice, we don't want to wake the neighbor or upset the person behind. But yeah, you can lift your voice and let's give Jesus praise like we are in heaven. Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah. And once again, thank you to Apostle Theo and Dr. Beverly. Thank you so much. We love you dearly. Thank God we are saved in a household of faith of a couple that preach the uncompromised Word of God. I don't know where I would be if it was not for faith, the Word of God. How many would say amen to that? So let's show our appreciation to our dad and mom. How many came tonight expectant? Hallelujah. How many were here this morning? And you came now tonight, you were not, you didn't manage to get the message this morning. I just want to see, because I'm bouncing off of that. And I really encourage you to get that message as well and go and listen to it. But we're going to have an awesome time tonight. You're in the right place at the right time. Father, we thank you so much for your precious love and your grace that abounds in our lives. We love you. We love all that you are. We love that you are loved. The only reason we love is you first loved us. And you came up with the idea of blessing. You decided to save us. You pursued us, and you took us out the miry clay. You cleaned us up, and you placed us in your kingdom, and you chose to heal us. It was your heart to provide our every need. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. We didn't come up with that. You did, and we believe it. Tonight, I am expectant that all that you have for each and every person here tonight will manifest in their lives. Every need met, every broken heart healed, every affliction removed and destroyed, and every form of destruction totally restored. Full restoration in the name of Jesus. If you're ready, shout restore. And as you see that open your Bible at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The word says that in, in Isaiah, where God says he looks upon his people and he sees destruction and he sees them in a bad place and hurt. And he says, and no one cries, restore. He could have said he saw the destruction, so he fixed it. No, 
it's up to us to cry restore. And the Bible says that in Acts chapter 3 that Jesus is retained in the heavenlies until the restoration of all things. Family, God is in the recovery business. God wants to restore. Every time you see someone in destruction, someone hurt, some battle, whatever it is, and they turn to God and they trust God, God brings them out way better than they ever were before. Job lost his entire family. He lost all his staff. He lost all his businesses. He lost all his investments. He was wiped out, and even his wife was saying, curse God and die. And he said, though the Lord slay me, yet will I serve him. See, he didn't have new covenant theology. We know God's not the one that kills. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. But he was saying, I don't care even if it was God, I'm still going to serve him. And in that integrity, within a year, God restored him. And you go read the word, he restored him double. Everybody say double. I don't know what you've been through this year. Many, many people have lost so much and in so many different ways. And we're dealing specifically in the area of your provision because a lot of people lost their businesses. They lost their place of income. Maybe your salary was cut. And you've been struggling for the last two years. Companies haven't been, even if you had your same salary for two years, you haven't had an increase. But I believe that's changed i got five amens. You need to respond a little quick. Amen means let it be so for me. So I believe it's changed. Because God's ready to take whatever the thief has stolen has to be restored, has to be restored, has to be restored seven times over. When I think of what I've lost in the last two years financially, I'm ready for seven times over. Come on, how do you say amen to that? And we left off this morning, let's just pick up right there, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Paul says, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, family, anybody that sees giving as an obligation, oh, there they go about talking about money again, whatever, just, just chill out. You really don't have to give. It says give as you purpose. No one can ever twist your arm to do it. I don't agree with that. I don't believe it. That's fine. Just leave the rest of us. We want to see the abundance. I said we want to see the abundance. So, so no one's ever, ever twisted your arm. We'll never do that. Yeah, this is a, something that we get involved in as you decide. God loves a cheerful giver. Notice, not a religious giver. Not someone who does it under obligation. Someone that does the same 50 rand every month, every week, every week, every week, every week. That's what I've given. And they've done that for the last 10 years. No, that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for someone whose heart is for Him. Who seek first the kingdom of God. Everybody say first. And then it says, verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. How many wouldn't mind a lifestyle like that? I mean, can you imagine your house paid off in full, your car paid off full of petrol, your, your grocery cupboards full, kids' schools of, uh, school fees are paid, all the clothing you need is done, everything's paid in full, and your salary arrives in the bank and you wonder, what am I going to do with that this month? 
Come on, how you wouldn't mind that kind of life? Is that possible? That's exactly what this verse is saying. All sufficiency in every area of your life and left over to be a blessing for every good work. Hallelujah. Come down to verse 10. God supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that He will supply and multiply the seed you've sown, increasing the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liber liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. This is the month of thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. Notice thanksgiving comes out of generosity. And God wants you to be generous. He is a generous God. Now, the problem is that a lot of Christians are waiting for God to move. They're waiting for God to do something. God, can't you see I'm in a mess? Please, God, do something, God. Come on, have you ever said that? I'm admitting I prayed those prayers. Until I discovered that when you look at God's creation, He has built into the system laws. Laws work every time. Do you notice when a pilot gets into his airplane and he points it down the runway, he doesn't sit there wondering if this is going to work today or not. He doesn't have an intercessory team in the back of the airplane as he guns down the runway and they're interceding, God, please lift the plane today. Please, God, we don't, we need this plane. We need this plane in the air now. God, we're running out of runway. We need this plane. When, God, when are you going to lift this the laws have been created. God has spoken. And there's the law of lift. There's the law of gravity. There's the law of thrust. And there's the law of drag. And that worked in the Garden of Eden. How many you know if you took a jumbo jet and time traveled to the Garden of Eden, it would have flown? Man didn't invent flying. We discovered the law and how to use it. There is a law of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is not a promise from God. It is a law. you got to get this. It's not like God says, if you sow, I'll think about giving you something back. No, He has built it into a law. You notice a farmer, you bring it over into the natural, and he takes a wheat seed and he plants it. He doesn't stand back and say, God, please increase my wheat seed. And God doesn't have to step off His throne down into the earth and ignite the seed so that it grows. He doesn't pull the plant out of the seed. It's built into the seed. When God spoke, it was built in for the rest of time. Come over to Genesis chapter 1. Have a look at this. Genesis chapter 1. I'm reading from the King James Version. Listen to verse 20. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly and moving creature that has life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. I want you to notice something about creation. When God said, like be, He brought into existence a tangible, natural form of His glory that became a canvas that He began to paint creation on. 
using the laws of energy and, and, and matter, he then started to create what we see today, the earth that is full of life, full of plants, full of animals, full of everything that you could possibly want, need, or desire is already in the planet. But I want you to notice that before it happened, there was water. God didn't take a fish out of nowhere and put it into the water. The fish were already in the water. But if you were standing there in the natural, you would look at the water and you wouldn't see the fish. But God did. I said if you looked in the natural, you wouldn't see fish. But God saw there was already fish in the water. You just couldn't see it in the natural. The fish were there because when he created, he didn't make a fish and put it in the water. He spoke to the water and said, bring forth fish. And the fish was there all the time. Whatever God wants, he speaks to that thing and brings it out of it. God could have spoken to anything to bring anything forward. He's God, and he has designed that water to sustain fish life, and it was already in the water. And so when he spoke to it, he could call it out of there. Hallelujah. This is important. Take that now and go to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Family of God, get a hold of this. When he wanted plant life, he spoke to the earth, and it brought forth trees. When he wanted animals, he spoke to the planet, and it brought forth the animals. When he wanted birds, he spoke to the air, and the birds were there. When he wanted fish, he spoke to the sea, and the fish came forth. When he wanted man, he spoke to himself. You were in God before creation. Didn't he tell Jeremiah, I knew you before you were knitted in your mother's womb. You've always existed, family. And then he brought you forth. He brought you forth by speaking to himself. You have been brought forth with the same character, identity, spiritual DNA of God. Get a hold of that. Say, I am the offspring of God. And then God blessed them, verse 28, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, you fill the earth, you subdue it, you have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, everybody say seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Underline food and write their provision. Notice God didn't give them the food. He gave them seed to produce the food. 
In other words, everything you could possibly want, need, or desire is already in this earth. You may not see it, but you already have it. And God gives seed to the sower. Whatever you want, you can bring forth. Now, how do you do that? Well, how did God bring it forth? How did God bring the fish out of the water? He spoke to it. He spoke to it. The fish were already there. But had God never said anything, it would still be water with fish in it, but you wouldn't see the fish. How many you desire a house? Five people. Any others? How many of you would like, you need a car? How many you would like a promotion? How many you wouldn't mind an increase? You already have it. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that amazing flood of excitement. I said, you already have your dream house. So how do we bring it forth? Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. How does he do that? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the, what you need and desire is already in your heart. We bring it forth by speaking. Notice, he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. The problem is, we haven't believed we deserve those things. We didn't, when we, had our, when we first heard it, is that even possible? People still get nervous around abundance, but we serve a God of abundance. We rejoice over scriptures that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think, that even though it may be impossible to man, with God all things are possible. We believe that if God gets involved, it's going to be done. We believe that. How about putting that into our heart and saying, He's given it to me already. He's already provided. He's already blessed me. All I have to do is bring it forth. I do it by speaking. Remember we read this morning, Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we wear, and what shall we drink? Now it's interesting, when you look at it from the King James Version, he says, Therefore take no thought, saying. Take no thought, saying. Take no thought. In other words, the thoughts will come. The enemy works in the realm of fear. He wants to tell you you don't have enough. He wants to tell you you're going to struggle. He wants to tell you you're going to fight. He's going to tell you it's over, it's finished. But Jesus says, don't take the thought. How do you take it? By saying. So don't even say it. Don't even say it. I don't know what we're going to do. Don't even say it. You do know. The one who does know lives inside of you. He knows your future, and he will show you things to come. He already knows how to save your problem before it even gets to you. He already has the solution. So by the time you arrive in your problem, he already has your solution, and he's preparing you ahead of time. If we would just listen to him, you will never be caught unawares by any calamity again. No matter what comes your way, your harvest will be ready and waiting because you already listened before it happened. God gave an instruction to sow a seed, and it didn't make 
sense at the time, but you chose to sow it, and you scheduled the time of provision, and when your problem showed up, the provision was already in place for it. Now we call it forth. Everybody say, call forth. You understand why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, you go back a few verses, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys when neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You bring forth out of the abundance of the heart. Where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. Say this, Jesus said, where my treasure is, is where my heart is. This is a spiritual law, family. This is what God is trying to get through to us. How you know God does not need our money? But He knows our money speaks to us. Have you noticed that? You notice how wife is busy bugging the husband. We need this in the house. We need that in the house. And he keeps saying, we don't have money for that. There's not enough money for that. I know we need it, but there's not enough money for that. But then when the next golf club, the new latest model comes out, all of a sudden he can go buy it. So now I know where his heart is. Okay, this is not a marriage seminar, but how do you understand what I'm saying? I can tell you where your heart is by checking your credit card slips. I can tell you where your heart is. You can say my heart is somewhere, but family God, when we are, whatever we put in our, in, in, in our financial realm, that is where our heart will be. God knows this. Your heart follows what you invest in. That's why I said in Malachi chapter 3, when he said in verse 7, return to me. And they say, in what way shall we return? He starts with in tithes and offerings. Now, if he was in a religiously correct environment like we are in today, they're going to accuse him of being a prosperity preacher. Because they say, God, we want to come back to you. He says, show me the money. Oh, all he does is preach money. No, God knows. If you want to return to him, start with your tithe. Start with your offering. Why? Because the moment you put that tithe down, you have connected your heart to the kingdom of God. It's not about just paying bills. It's not about so that we can pay the rent and lights and water and things like that. God knows. When he says you cannot serve God and mammon, What's mammon? The money system. You have been built to serve. You're designed to serve the one who meets your needs. And if we're looking at our boss and our salary as meeting our needs, without realizing it, we'll serve them. Why is it? When the alarm goes off on Sunday, we think, ah, I'm tired today. I can catch it online. And yet Monday the alarm goes off. We're out of bed. We're tired. We're struggling. And we've had a hard week. By Friday, we can't wait for the weekend to come. But that Friday, I mean, you can be 
tired as anything and, and upset and, and angry. But when that alarm goes off, people will get up and they will go to work and they put in the full hours in the work. Why? Because they're chasing. I've got to get more money. 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 And that has become their God. Family, we need to break out of that mammon system. I said we need to break out of the mammon system. How do we do that? We make a decision when God says, yeah, bring all the tithe to the storehouse. Listen to this, verse 10. Bring all the tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And he says, now try me, prove me. This is a law. It's designed to work. It works every time. It's not up to me whether it works or not. I've already created it to work. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing, there's not room enough to to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer, and he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed. Notice God says your vine is already designed to produce your harvest. You, listen to this, we are not lacking because God didn't do something. He already provided you an avenue for income. So why haven't I seen it? The devourer has been stopping it. Not God. It's not God who hasn't given it. The law's designed to produce it for you. Try it. You go home, buy a packet of tomato seed, go plant in your backyard, and I promise you, you'll get tomatoes. It will come up. It will grow. The only reason it won't grow if we do something stupid, overwater it, allow the weeds to grow in there. Have you noticed that if you look at the world system, the way mammon works, where the curse is, if you leave a garden, it'll just automatically deteriorate. You have to force it to produce a flower. You take the weeds out, you sow the right seed, but if you sow the right seed, you will always get what you planted for. That's why when God says we haven't brought the tithe, you are cursed with a curse because the curse is always at work. It's working all the time. But when you bring that tithe, you acknowledge God first, and the moment you put that tithe down, your field is now blessed. And God says, I will keep the devourer out of it so that the field that I've designed will automatically bring your harvest forth. Oh, come on, you got to get this. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man scatters seed on the ground, that he should sleep by night, rise by day. The seed sprouts and grows. He himself does not know how. I'm glad he said that. How do you know there's some things, I'm glad you don't know how they work. There's certain things in my life I'm glad I don't have control over. For example, my heartbeat. You think of how a heart works. It's extremely complicated. At the right time, at the right moment, that valve must open. And as the valve opens, the other muscle must relax. Then the valve must close, and then that muscle must, at the same time, another valve opens, and another muscle, and then that one, and then, now imagine if you were in control of that. Now, 
to keep your heartbeat, but never mind that, we still have to breathe. So, breathe out. Now that's just heartbeat and breath, never mind all the other stuff that's still working inside. Aren't you glad you're not in control of it? Aren't you glad God designed the system to work? All I have to know is put the right food in. It will work. And Jesus saying the same with seed time of harvest. If you can get this and you sow your seed, the earth is designed to bring forth the fruit. The earth heals crops. Look at verse 28. The earth heals the crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after the full grain in the head. When the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle. Why? Because the harvest has come. Family of God, it's time for us to bring forth the harvest. How you remember Jesus when he went down to the sea one day and the disciples had been out all night fishing? And Jesus says, launch out your nets for a catch. And they said, Master, we have toiled all night without a catch. Now, that's the type of the world system. We have sweated. We have struggled. We have battled. We fought. and We haven't seen the income. And you notice what Jesus says. Throw your net on the other side. Oh, why didn't we think of that? I mean, you know, we went through the whole lake all night. We put our net out all over the lake, net over here, net over there, net over here, net over there. And all the time, it was because we put the net on the wrong side. No, family God, Jesus is pointing out a message here. He says, I want you to come over from the toil side. I want you to come to the kingdom side. Come over to the kingdom way of life. If you would take my word, Peter said, nevertheless, at your, your word, at your word, at your word. I'll do what I've always done, but now I'm doing it with you in mind. And when he launched that net, that net, there was so many fish in the net, it began to break. And as it was breaking, they called their partners and they brought their boats and their boats began to sink. And another partner came and their boats began to sink. And family God, I believe that if they could still be bringing boats today, they'd still be filling the boats. How do I know that? Because there was that widow woman who they wanted to take her sons. And so Elijah said, now, what do you have in the house? She said, i got nothing. Yeah, what do you have? Oil. He says, get pots, but not a few. And the sons are all over town bringing pots, bringing pots. And as long as they're bringing pots, they're filling, and the oil's filling, and the oil's filling, and the oil's filling. Eventually the Bible says, and then it stopped because there were no more pots. Not because the oil stopped, there was no more pots. As long as there were pots, there would be oil. You see, here's what I believe. I used to believe. I, I said it. You go back to my old messages, you'll hear me say it. Is that I, when Jesus said, throw out your nets, every fish in that lake heard it, and they all came from all over the lake to the boat. That's what I used to think. 
until I started studying this out and seeing the way of the kingdom of God, is that what you want, you speak to that thing to bring it forth. So the moment Jesus said, throw out your net, he had spoken to the water. And what happened in creation when he spoke to water? Fish came out of the water that weren't even there. They were there, but you hadn't seen them yet. And when he said, bring out the fish, I tell you, the fish that were there, you might have seen one little guppy there and one little guppy there. But the moment Jesus spoke, the fish that weren't even born yet, the fish that were not even created yet, were in that water. And all of a sudden, fish started multiplying and coming straight out of that water. And I believe that that would have still continued happening even if, they brought more and more and more and more boats. We kept multiplying. Family of God, I hope you get this. Everything you want, need, or desire is already in you. Stop looking to your boss for the increase. It's the Lord that gives the increase. The Lord gives the promotion. Ask Joseph, stuck in a prison. And God got him out to the highest office in one day. Are you ready for promotion? Family God, as you get your offering ready tonight, I want everybody to get an envelope. Now, I know you did cards last week. We're going to add to the cards. Amen. Even if you give electronically, get an envelope. And I want you to write on that envelope, what is the increase that you're believing for? I asked just now how many you want an increase. Let me see how many of that. Write that on the envelope. My increase is. If you trust in God for promotion, write there. What is the position you believe in God for? And what's the salary for that position? Write it down. It's bonus time. It's payback time. What I did is I went back and I said, how much has, has been stolen from me? I added it up, multiplied by seven. Very nice. Thank you. I like the look of that figure. And I wrote it down. Why? Because it's on its way. According to the covenant law, I got myself a huge jumbo jet pointed down the runway. All i got to do now is speak to it. And that's what we're going to do tonight. You're going to speak to your harvest. As I mentioned this morning, your tithe is an offering of, of, of thanksgiving. It's returning what is God's. It belongs to Him. And as you return it to God, He promises. The windows of heaven are open, and you position your field in the blessing flow. That means whatever you sow, you will reap. Galatians 6, 7, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap, including nothing. If you give nothing, it will come back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, nothing. But we're scheduling a harvest. And I know sometimes when things are difficult and tough, that's easy to say, I could use this for myself. But how do you know God has placed it within your ownership so that you can return it. It is His. And He so much wants to bless you. He so much wants to increase you. But we need to call it forth. Amen. 
Now, I understand that sometimes people are skeptical and they wonder what's happening. It's like when there was that massive situation where the Syrians had surrounded the Israelites and there was no way for them to get out. And there were a bunch of lepers and things had got so bad, the prophet said, this time tomorrow, things will be in abundance and they will be cheap. And there was a captain of the army and he said, even if God does it, I don't see it happening in 24 hours. And the prophet said, it will happen, but you won't eat of it. I don't want to be that man. I said, I don't want to be that man. When a prophet gets up and says, now is the time for increase, bonuses, for promotions, I'm going to make sure I'm a part of that. Amen. So get your envelope and write on it. Because this will happen. And I'm telling you now, the testimonies are going to come pouring in. As I said, even if you're giving electronically, just write your dream, your vision on that envelope. And it's going to be added to the cards. And we're going to intercede over that as well. That harvest is coming forth. I said that harvest is coming forth. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Have you got your seed ready? Everybody ready? If you're not ready, say, wait a moment. Okay. I just got a clock chasing me. So, right quick. <laughs> Write that vision down. Now, just for a moment, I know some of us already decided what we're going to give, but I want you now look at that dream and say, this is a field that has a harvest waiting in it. What seed is required to bring this forth? And just say, Father, say this with me, Father, I'm going to give as I purpose in my heart. You speak to me from my heart, and I'm listening. Tell me what seed I must sow to produce this harvest. It's already in my field, but I need to plant the seed for it. Now God's speaking to you. Listen for it. Some of us may need to change what we've already decided to sow. You see, God knows what's needed for your field. All right. Now hold that confession in your hand. Lift it before me, before the Lord. Say this with me. Father, in my hand is my desire for increase, bonus, promotion. You are the God that provides every need. And today... The seed that is within this promise speaks to my future. You've already provided it. I believe it. As I brought the tithe and honored you, you said you will bless my field. And I speak to my field now. I speak to my harvest. Come forth in the name of Jesus. I call forth my increase. I call forth my bonus. I call forth my promotion. I am blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give your Jesus praise tonight. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.